One of my most favorite things about We Do This For Fun is getting the opportunity to meet people that I may not get to in real life. But real life happened, and I was able to meet Devin Brown. She's an incredible woman with a great story who shows us that taking the time to reassess your life can lead to really amazing things. She plans on kayaking the entire Mississippi River from source to mouth. That's from Itasca to the Gulf of Mexico. She explains why it's important for us to get our kids to summer camp and why we all need to build our wilderness toolbox. Speaking of, she's hosting a training at Theater Worth Park on Saturday, March 17th on basic wilderness first aid. I will be there, as will my son Elliot, and you should be too. Now on to the interview. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen, and we do this for fun. Hello, Devin Brown. Hello. How are you today? I'm actually having a fantastic day today. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about what has brought you here to Theater Worth Park? So, well, to do your podcast. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for the invitation. Pretty dope. Um, But also the connections that I've made here through exploration and just community building. Um, they're hosting my basic wilderness first aid course um, on the 18th of this month. Uh, so Theo Worth is just this amazing nature center that is concerned with community and connecting community with nature. And cool. how could I not be into yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And nature is a place that you really find some true solace. Nature is a place where we all find true okay, solace. Tell we me, tell we me all just don't that. have access or the skill set to explore and find that healing right. or solace. Okay. Sure. Is that why you plan on doing this course here at Theater Worth Park? Absolutely. Okay. Can I mean, you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's an adventure center that's literally in, in our backyards. Um, so it's safe, it's close to or in proximity to safety, but you also can really get lost in the woods and explore and disconnect, but also get home. Like that's my favorite thing about Minneapolis or the Twin Cities is that I can really find a deep connection to nature and also get back to my bed. Mm. My back appreciates that. Most definitely, definitely. (laughs) So you can have an adventure for an hour, two hours, Mm -hmm. even a half hour. Absolutely. um, If you come and visit this place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then go to Hy-Vee or go to the co-op on your way home and hop in bed. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And you'll be nice and well-rested with all of that good fresh air in your Absolutely. lungs. And... Okay, so tell us about this. Um, is it wilderness training that you're gonna be doing here? It is basic wilderness first aid. Okay. Um, J.R. Hunt from the Sierra Club is actually gonna be the instructor. So I'm just pulling people together cool. to do it. J.R. is a badass. Um, wilderness EMT was in the armed forces for a time and working for the Sierra club is like his retirement fun gig. Mm, So sounds fun. Right. Exactly. Like passion right there. 
Um, so we'll be having a basic wilderness first aid course here to help people build a wilderness toolbox. Hmm. Um, I truly believe that what stops people from exploring the outdoors is that they just don't know where to begin. So if we help people build the tools that they need to explore, then they'll feel more comfortable getting out on their own and doing so. Oh my gosh. And that's really my goal. Yes, you're so right. And we need more people like you. That's the whole goal of this podcast too, is to bring stories and information to people Mm -hmm. so they understand how they can get out and do it because there is this level of hesitancy. Yeah, unsure. Like what happens if? And so I want to fill in those those gaps. Like what happens if I have to poop in the woods? Totally. Right? We need to know, right? We need to know. You need to to dig a hole six by six, right? Find a sturdy tree. (laughs) And don't wipe your butt with leaves of three, like leaves of three, you know, but like people don't know that. Find a rock. Right. right, Exactly. (laughs) Right. Find a rock. Right. It's sturdy. It's like Scott's. Yes. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. So the regular, like, so this class is just for regular people like me. Absolutely. I could just come to this. I don't need any training. I don't even need to have experience in the outdoors. You don't need to have any experience at all. It's to fill in those blanks and to give you a space to also ask those questions of what else, what if, like what makes you uncomfortable about getting outdoors? So I could ask something like, like, what if I see a snake? Right, right. How do I know if it's poisonous or something like that? Absolutely. And that's like one of the main topics. Like what's poisonous in Minnesota? What do I need to worry about? Do I need to worry about a garden snake? No, just keep on walking. Like that snake is more afraid of you than you are of it. Um, Are you going to have rattlesnakes? Nope. Like we're not. Like, I hope not. <laughs> right. You see There's those no pythons that are like right? taking over Florida. Oh like, when are they going to come up here? Yeah, right. They're not because yeah. it's cold. I know it's right. too cold. Because it I never stops now, snowing. For right now, right? <laughs> yeah. um, or spiders. You know, mm, like we do yeah. have black widow spiders in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and a couple of other poisonous spiders. But you know, don't pick up logs because we want to leave no trace and not mess with the ecosystem we're there to we're there to visit okay so tell me more about that like your approach to nature and you know if you are going out for a hike or you're just going to be spending some time like what's the ideal kind of approach to nature so when I'm getting ready to explore um I always like to have a trash bag with me okay right because I'm going to pick up I want to leave the environment better than I found it. Such a good person. So I always, and even when I'm paddling, I always have a trash bag and I will chase that bottle in the river trying mm-hmm. to get it until I feel like I'm, I might capsize. But um, always have a trash bag with you so that you can leave it better than you found it. Um, things that are out in nature are there for everyone to explore. I know a lot of people like to pick up rocks, like cool rocks and things like that, like leave them there. They're a part of this ecosystem and you don't need to bring them home. Someone else should also think that that rock is cool. Um, Things like that, you know, sturdy pair of shoes, a couple of extra layers. If you've ever seen 128 hours, like you should, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like you should have some extra layers and ample hydration, Uh, band-aids, you know? Yeah. I always have like a Mylar blanket with me. One of those marathon silver blankets, like just in case. So you are prepared. I'm always prepared. Okay. Were you a woofer? 
I was. Okay. Yeah. All I right. was an adventure trip leader. Okay. I grew up going to summer camp. All right. I summered for 13 summers in the Catskill Mountains because I grew up on the East Coast. Okay. I know Minnesotans don't like to know that I'm not native. <laughs> Your accent. <laughs> but I've been here for I mean, a decade. Yeah. It's been a decade on the 23rd of February, which is unreal. Um, my chosen home, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I chose to be here and I still choose to be here. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Um, what was I saying? So always prepared. I was an adventure trip leader, um, after summering in the Casco mountains for 13 summers. And that just became, that was like my safe space. That was my haven. Uh, I feel like I was bullied a lot in school. So I always looked forward to summer camp like that was like my beacon of hope was getting away to summer camp and so I think that's when nature just really became ingrained in me because that was always my safe space really okay so did you find so you found a love of nature and felt safety in nature Mm -hmm. how did you end up finding the activities that you have engaged in in nature yeah that's the beauty of going to summer camps which it kind of breaks my heart nowadays that kids are no longer really going to summer camp and Mm -hmm. summer camps are struggling to find staffing um, because that is a space where like individuality is really just created you find out who you are when you're away from your parents and with all of these strangers um, when you're backpacking and tripping and all of these things. So having access to summer camp really opened up my horizons to, to hike. And I, I've peak bagged four of the 30 or four of the 16 peaks in the Catskill mountains. Um, like I've done the Gulf of part, portions of the Gulf of Maine kayaking through getting the shit scared out of me yeah, by, yeah. by harbor seals um, with campers and it was all made possible by going to summer camp like the skill set was built over years of attending summer camp okay so parents listen yeah. to this like summer this is camp. this is a big deal mm-hmm. like the investment is worth it it's so worth it plus you get a break like as a mother oh now gosh. I am counting Seriously. down the days yeah. I'm like saving <laughs> Might be a mortgage payment, but you're yeah. going to summer camp. <laughs> do you have one here, in, like locally, or do you send your child back to the East Coast? So he's just turning five. Oh, so he's and, little. Yeah, so he's little. Okay. So, I'm, but I'm still counting down the uh-huh, days uh-huh. <laughs> that I get to send him. Yeah. Um, but I'm so like I know like there's Widgie, there's so many yeah. amazing yeah. summer camps in Minnesota that specialize in trekking. Um, so yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. He's going to be more badass outdoors than I you. am because he's a Minnesotan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My son went to Widgie last year okay. and came back like a so grown up. Right. It was, it was unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. Right. And he just felt so accomplished mm-hmm. and he was well, better spoken and right. just like more comfortable around people. Right. And yeah, I think it's, yeah. Getting away from parents and just having to be who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And filling in those blanks. Like, I don't have mom to ask this question of what I should do. So, like, what should I do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you mentioned kayaking. Mm -hmm. And kayaking is um, kind of how I found... Well, it is actually how I found found you. Yeah. Not because I'm a kayaker, because I think I've only been in one plastic one that is at my parents' cabin. Yeah. Um, But I saw you on the news. Mm -hmm. So, why don't you tell me and our listeners about why... You are so newsworthy. I mean, I think you are just period, oh exclamation point. Oh but yeah. this, I mean, how, why was there a news story all about you? Yeah, so crazy thing. So I moved to Minnesota because 
I love the accessibility to the outdoors. I came here in, oh my goodness, I don't even know what year it is at this point, like 2012, 2011 on a business trip when I worked for a technology company. Um, so I came here for a business trip and I thought that it was fantastic that I could leave work and go and hop on Lake Harriet. I could go mm. rent a boat, hop on Lake Harriet and still be home for dinner. Like on the East Coast to get outdoors, you have to plan. Like arduously plan your trip because traffic is gonna be a factor, you're gonna get up to the, like upstate or you're gonna go down to the shore or you're gonna go more Western New Jersey. Like it's a whole day commitment and here it's not a day commitment at all. And I thought that that was fascinating and I knew that that was gonna be a really quintessential key to my happiness mm. was being able to just experience summer camp in these little, in these little bites all the time. So I said, like, if I ever lose my mind, I'm going to move to the Twin Cities. Huh. Two years later, I lost my mind. Really? I was commuting from my childhood home into Manhattan at like 5.30 every morning. And it was stressful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I loved my job. I worked to get to the position that I got to. Um, but it just, it still didn't fit. Like, you know, I achieved the goal and it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. So I actually walked with a limp for two years. And doctors had no idea what was going on with me. They're like, well, you're healthy, you're a little overweight, but you know, lose the weight and your limp will get better. And so I lost the weight um, and my limp got worse. Really? Huh. So I lost my mind, I quit my job and I actually went back to my summer camp. So I was like 26 years old, 26 years old leading teenagers out in like the Gulf of Maine and the Catskills and doing all of these. So you left adventures. a corporate job and went back to the summer camp yep. that you went to as yep. a young person mm -hmm. and came back mm -hmm. like full benefits, stock options, <gasps> 401k was like, I just got chills on the side of my body. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. 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 Coveted position in uh -huh. the company. Yep. And I was not okay with it. And it was the East Coast. Like, things are so expensive. I mean, things are getting kind of expensive yeah, here these yeah. days. But I was making good money, and I still couldn't afford, like, independence. Sure. And I was like, there's got to be. Something's got to give. Like, something, something's got to give. Like, this can't be life. Like, life is more than this. Yeah. So, yeah. Came out here. Fell in love with it. Fell in love with the Mississippi River. Eventually lost my mind. Cashed everything out and moved to the Twin Cities. Bought a one-way ticket in February. So you know I was crazy. I think you might have been, <laughs> yes. And this was 10 years ago. It was the polar vortex year where oh, there were okay. more days where it was like negative 30 uh -huh. than ever in history, yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And where did you live when you first moved here then? So my cousin had actually been here for a couple of months before okay. me. Um, she had lost her mind for other reasons. Okay. Um, so I slept on her couch in Uptown All right. for a while. And I have relatives in Edina okay. too. So I would go back between those until I could figure out what right. I wanted to do. Sure. Um, but before I moved here, I had a job at Clearwater Outfitting, which is an amazing outfitter in the beautiful and scenic stretch of the Mississippi River right in Clearwater. Okay. Um, the banks are untouched. There are bridges that cross it, but it's not dug in. And it's just this beautiful stretch of the river. So I worked there for my first summer um, where I actually camped on an island. I would paddle upriver, camp on the island, and then I would float to work in the morning 
for an entire summer and like that was the dreamiest thing I have ever done was just camping on this island with raccoons. Oh my gosh, I think a thousand people are listening to this. Floating and, down. I mean, I hope a thousand people are listening to this <laughs> and you're all going, oh, dreamy. Yeah. 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 And I would just float to work oh in the morning gosh. and then help people enjoy the river. Uh, but that didn't last long because, okay. you know, that, that field doesn't really pay the bills. Yeah. It's a passion thing, yeah. but, you know, people have to eat. Uh, but I was also working at Midwest Mountaineering. So everything that I had set up before I moved to Minnesota was around the outdoors. Um, I had also gotten a job, like, working on the website and also with the hopes of being a trail guide on the river for a company that no longer exists anymore. But okay. they used to do kayaking tours on the river, but I didn't fit his company's image as a black female. Hmm. Um, so he wanted to stick me behind scenes doing admin work. Well, that's he curious. Didn't that's see very me curious. <laughs> as someone that could represent his company um, giving tours on the river. Fast forward to today. The people that worked for that person now own Paddlebridge Guide Collective, and we've become great partners in oh. working on developing programming. So it's interesting how everything has come full circle yeah, to yeah. meet them. I'm like, we were supposed to meet like a yep. decade ago, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that we didn't, and we're meeting each other now um, so that we can do this great work together. Like really partner and do yeah. great work. Yep, yeah. absolutely. So what's the work that you do? So the work that I have started to do is setting up programming so that people can build their wilderness toolbox. So starting with the basic wilderness first aid in March, in April with the Minneapolis Public Schools Community Ed, um, we are doing a sterile paddling course. So we're using one of the school, we're using the pool in North High and Paddle Bridge is bringing in boats and we're going to Invite people in to come and figure out how to balance in oh, that, that boat. That sounds fun. Invite people Comfort. in to come and test out yeah. that flotation device because PFDs work. Um, come in and learn how to efficiently paddle. Like, what are you going to do in that boat? So I, I really believe that if people can learn how to do those things, like muscle memory, right? As a massage therapist, like your body's going to remember what it feels like to be stable and safe in that boat. And it's going to recreate that on whatever water that you put a boat on. Mm-hmm. So that's another offering. Um, what else do we have going on? Community Ed also wanted to do after school programming for kids over north as well um, to introduce kids that may have never swam. Um, granted, we're in the land, land of 10,000 yeah, yeah. lakes, so that's crazy, but I also understand how that happens mm-hmm. um, to get kids, the next generation, on on the river and in the lakes and outdoors yeah. to do that. Yeah. So. so how do you build the confidence in someone? I mean, I'm scared of the river. Yeah. Like, It just seems like a place, I mean, it's pretty, but it seems really um, unpredictable. Absolutely. Um, So how do you, how do you get that comfort? Is it experience? Is it? It's experience. Try, try, try again. Understanding that she is more powerful than I am. And so I respect the hell out of her. Okay. Right. That summer that I just floated to work, like I capsized a couple times, but I knew that stretch of the river. Um... But I will say that in the 15 years that I have been kayaking, I have only capsized like 
three times. Really? Really. And a lot of people would say, like, you just don't paddle enough, and I beg to differ. So, I mean, it happens, but also knowing what to do when that happens right. is so important. Right. So I had learned how to do self and assisted rescues at summer camp, but also on the Hudson River um, with the Manhattan Pier, Manhattan Boathouse. Yeah, the Manhattan Boathouse. So I'd learned how to do self and assisted rescues in the Hudson River. Hmm. Wow. Like crazy, disgusting. Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also part of it too. The worry of falling into yeah. that gross water. The Mississippi River is clean. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's far cleaner than the Hudson. Um, never have I ever had open water itch getting in the river. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, wear some closed toed shoes and you'll be good. Okay. Okay, so tell me, though, you have this um, future goal, I understand, <laughs> and it does involve the Mississippi River. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I would love to learn more about this. Okay. So I will say that because I've been so focused on community planning that mm-hmm. I have not gotten into the nitty-gritty of planning my trip mm-hmm. down the Mississippi River. Wait, so, there's a trip down the Mississippi there's River. There's going to be a okay. trip All right. next like, year. Starting from... Itasca, so the source, all right, okay, all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, um, a little bit over 2,300 miles down the Mississippi River in a kayak. In a kayak. How, okay, tell, t- I mean, how, yeah. how do you do this? Yeah, one stroke at a time. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, how do you pack for a trip like that? So. I'm from the East Coast, so I'm a little bougie. Okay. And while- <laughs> love it. Love it. Tell us. <laughs> and while I have this skill set, and I will have to camp uh-huh. on the banks of the river, but my ultimate goal would be to have like an RV okay. that will follow kind of me support. down. Yeah, that will support me. Okay. Because, you know, my 37-year-old back, I know people are like, that's so young, does not want to sleep. <laughs> Every night. Every night after spending 10 hours or something in a kayak paddling. Like, my body is like, don't No, you need to know yourself and your body. I mean, and I think that's what's beautiful about what you're saying here is that you approach the adventure the way that it's best for you. Right, right, yeah. You don't have to do it the way someone else did it or, like, the... Yeah. Yeah. Because people are like, well, are you going to do it unassisted or assisted? And I'm like, I plan on having an RV and I'm going to do it with style because oh, that's yeah. who I am. Yeah. Like, I get it. People do it all the time. Um, this isn't, I mean, it's, it's special because it's 2,300 miles down like the Nile of the United States. Yeah. Right. Like this is one of the biggest and best rivers in the entire world. Most infamous rivers in the entire world filled with so much history. Right. So, like, it's a big deal no matter how or when you do it, if you do it. Uh, I think something like 30 people attempt it a year. Okay. I'm pretty sure 30 people do not finish because it is grueling. Mm -hmm. When I did the Mississippi River 48 last year, which is how all of this started. Okay. um, So two paddles started putting on a race down the Mississippi River. And I had always wondered, like, why isn't there more things happening on this beautiful river? Like, what's going on? Um, So I guess spirit or the universe (laughs) heard my cry. And these fantastic guys are starting to utilize the river more often. Hmm. So two paddles does, I think it's like 10 different races 
in the same day. So one of them is 150 miles, which last year I was like, I'm not going to do 150 miles. This year I will be doing 150 okay. miles down the Mississippi. Last year I did the, 50, the MR50, which turned into the 48 due to the flooding. Okay. Um, the water levels were just too high to get so close to the dam. So they cut it two miles short, and I came in as um, first woman solo. Now, dope accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I'm not shaking my head at that mm -hmm. at all. Yes. But by default, I was the only solo woman in that competition. And so right there, yeah. I saw that there was an issue, that I was the only woman. Like, we are the strongest animal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are we not engaging in more? Isn't it just unbelievable when you start like, looking at, especially outdoors sports? Right, and right. I mean, you see so few women. You, you're so starting to see women few, yes. make their way into these spaces, right. but it has it has taken a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. If you're the only woman, I was the only woman. Yes. Huh. Only woman doing that by myself. I will say mm -hmm. there were women that were in tandems with other people, mm -hmm. but I was the only solo woman. Um, I finished sixth overall in my recreation kayak, um, which was really dope because everyone that, almost everyone that finished before me, they were in like surf skis. So it's like a high performance or high performance. And I'm in this plastic rotomold, probably Gear very matters. similar. Gear matters. Yeah, yeah. Very, probably very similar to what you have at your parents' yeah. cabin, <laughs> right? So it was my current design Solera 120. So a 12 foot. I love that boat. I worked hard for that boat. Mm -hmm. um, like, that boat is my baby. I have not been in it since that race. <laughs> <laughs> but that boat is my baby. And But when I realized that I was coming into a sport with these established people that could afford $5,000 bo $5, boats, yep. like money and a thing, yep. space on their Amex... I was like, well, shit. Yeah. Like, I made it, but, like, now I feel like I'm undergeared. And efficient paddling has so much more to do than just your thin, composite, long, light boat. Um, like, I'm a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. I did that in that short, plastic, heavy, 65-pound boat. Oh, my gosh. So I am always one to shoot my shit. Yeah. And I approached Houston White from the get down. I was like, I'm going to have like local businesses like sponsor, sponsor me yeah. and like support me and get this out. So I wrote Houston an email and he was like, yeah, like let's sit down and talk. We sat down and talk. He was like, yeah, I'll totally help you out. And that ended up being that I got a coffee. Like I got to make my own custom coffee blend through the get down and it was so dope. Like that was such an amazing experience to be able to do that. Like it was just fun. Yeah. Like never mind offsetting the cost of the boat. Like that was just an amazing experience. So that helped that. you afford so that helped to me. upgrade. Yes, absolutely. So that helped me afford to upgrade. I'd also contacted Stellar Kayaks out east, told them my story and they gave me a sick discount, like 40% off of a $5,000 boat. Amazing. And then delivered it to me. Amazing. Because the owner was like on a bit, like on a family reunion trip in Wisconsin. They're like, Oh, my brother will just drop it off to you. So like everything just fell mm -hmm. into place. And that's also how I know that this river trip is like meant to be. It is absolutely meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so tell us about the get down because I feel like many people may not know that that coffee shop, yeah. which is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you just approached them yeah. and just said, I'm doing this. I was just like, hey. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what I said. I'm, I mean, I'm just I, yeah. you know, I'm curious when, yeah. you know, like when you're going to do a feat like this, right. a lot of women are scared yeah. because they think, oh, well, I'm not quite yeah. accomplished yet. Or right. I'm not, I don't have the credentials yet. Right. I haven't won the race yet. Right. I haven't, you know, never wait. How did you Sh- just say, shit. like, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I mean, I remember very vividly that I had, I was standing in my kitchen and I, at the time was not really a firm believer in God. Like I knew that there was a greater power. I always called it the universe, Uh but I had never really like given in to God Uh fully. And so I remember looking up in my kitchen and being like, look, I feel like you've been talking to me, but like, here's a test. If you find a path for me to get this boat, I will go to church. And I, I feel like it was seconds later, but it was probably like a day or two, like look at my phone and I see that the get down is hosting um, these conversations before Afropunk. So Afropunk is a music festival um, that started, it started out in Brooklyn, New York, but it's been traveling the country. And I believe they have like something in Brazil. So it's been traveling the world for like alternative um, black people. so I had tickets. I was super excited about that. Um, it was also Juneteenth, Juneteenth weekend. And I looked at my phone and they were sponsoring these conversations. And one of the conversations that they were, that they were supposed to have was black faces in outdoor spaces. Mm. And I was like, what? I was like, okay. Sign me follow- up. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, okay, let me follow these breadcrumbs. Um, but that conversation never happened, but they had so many other amazing conversations to witness so I was really happy to take part in that but before I before the actual event I had sent the email and Houston was like yeah let's have a conversation and yeah okay so are you just bold typically or do you have to work up the courage to do I definitely have to work up the courage I by nature am very introverted you are um I am yeah so yeah. Okay. Sometimes I push if I'm passionate and I know what I want. Like uh-huh. I've always been a fighter for like what I want. Uh-huh. So. Okay. Yeah. So what's the name of the coffee blend? So it was a limited run, and it was so called. I can't buy it. You can't buy it right now. Okay. Um, and Might it, was, it come back? I don't know. Okay. That'd be pretty dope. Okay. Um, it was called Aphrodisiac, right? Appropriately so. Mm-hmm. It was highly caffeinated. Mm-hmm. Um, it was delicious without sugar. It was, I felt like it was like a Cabernet or like a Merlot when okay. you were drinking it. Like it didn't have that hard punch mm-hmm. that coffee does or like a dark roast. Um, it was light and airy and highly caffeinated. All right. Yeah, it was delicious. Cool. Yeah. And you got to create it yourself? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, I worked with CJ, the All roaster. Right. Um, in playing, yeah, exactly right. It was such a dope experience yeah. um, to sort of perfect the blend. Like, sent me home with beans and was like, "Okay, try this." So, at, like every morning, pre-caffeinated, I've got like this measuring spoon, and I'm like, "Okay, it was two tablespoons of this, and like a teaspoon of that, and a little bit of that," um, to come up with that perfect blend. 
Well, and it's cool that you even got a say in what the experience would be like for the consumer. Right. You know, like that it was really based upon you and who Right, and how I like the coffee, yeah. And like the the roast really reminded me of like my grandmother, who's no Mm. longer with me. Like when when I was brewing it in the percolator, I knew it was the right blend, like when it hit my nose, like it did in my childhood home. Yeah. So that was like the inspiration behind all of that. Like that whole experience was so dope and to this day, so grateful Mm. for it. So cool. Okay, so the future, this future Mississippi trip, mm-hmm. um, it's 3,200 miles? 3,400? 23, 23, a little bit over 2,300 miles. 2,300 miles, starting at the top. The, the source. The source. Itasca. All the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And potentially an RV mm-hmm. that would travel along with you. What else do you imagine, I mean, the trip would be like? Can you just kind of describe like what the river feels like, looks like, yeah. what you'll experience coming like through the north, going into the south, south you know, right? I mean, what, what's going to change, yeah. you know? So my biggest thing about doing this, it's like, yes, I will be soloing, but I also don't want to do it alone. Okay. So my call to action right now has been inviting other women of color to join me for sections mm-hmm. of the river. You know, so when I think about this trip, I can like see myself meeting up with a whole bunch of community members at the Coon Rapids Dam after doing most of the river or that first section of the sections of the river solo and then just being reinvigorated by having community meet me below the um, Coon Rapids Dam and then coming down to like Boom Island and checking out and just chilling for the night, yeah. you know, just like woman kinging the yeah. entire oh. Mississippi River, right? Um, I've got people who saw the news um, down in Arkansas who are still staying in touch and like, okay, so we're getting ready for this river trip. Like, I've been working out, I've been paddling, like, oh. I'm looking at buying a boat, this, that, and the third um, to join me through that Arkansas stretch in the Mississippi River. I was just connected because on YouTube, that clip plays all the time, right? Thank you, internet, for always being forever, but also, <laughs> internet, why are you forever, right? Those Wait, certain things, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, the Black Women Do Kayak head from DC like reached out to me. So I've got this conference call coming up tomorrow, actually, cool. with the um, diversity and inclusions chair from the American Canoe Association and the head of the Black Women Do Kayak from Texas and like an angler, a kayak angler from Florida and this woman from DC just to like talk and collaborate and like figure things out and build community to get more people out on water, yeah. more people back yeah. to nature. Yeah. This seems like the perfect thing for, you know, like a nonprofit or for someone to really embrace and really help build you a solid plan and really build these events as you go Go down down the river. river. Like it seems like such a perfect opportunity to really bring awareness. So ever since that ask, I've been going to church religiously uh-huh. okay. <laughs> religiously no so you found um, a church you like i did okay. i did i am now a member of liberty community church right in north minneapolis right. so it is the only black-led church in the state of minnesota 
um, and the pastors Galloway are just this dynamic married couple that like through watching them I learn what love is mm. um, because they are just really endearing about yeah they're just an, this amazing just powerful couple um, that I idolize like, and I don't idolize but I look up to yeah. um, and as someone raised by like a single mother like I never got to look at like a functional relationship yeah. so it's like nice to be able to witness that um but not long after I make, made the announcement and I was on the news, Liberty Community Church, who's like it's a national or a worldwide organization, they were like, we're going to underwrite your trip. <gasps> and I was like, what? They were like, yeah, we're going to underwrite your entire trip. And I was like, huh? Like, unreal. Like, got introduced to, like, Makeda Zulu from UROC. And UROC was like, how can we help? Like, it was just, it was out, it was just, it was mind-blowing. Okay, so, I mean, I just had, I, I actually pushed the microphone <laughs> away and just, like, sat back and stared at you for a second, yeah. because this all just seems, like, just serendipitous. Absolutely. Like, I mean, just every little piece. Keep falling into just place. Just falling into Absolutely. place. Absolutely. Plus, you get the added benefit of spiritual connection, mm-hmm. seeing amazing role models. I mean, it right. just seems like following your heart, your right. dreams... Mm-hmm is giving you so much more right. Right. than if you would have just stayed Absolutely. with your corporate job and made a bunch of money sure. and 100%. did the grind. Absolutely. Right. I'm not walking with a limp anymore. The limp is gone. The limp is gone. Stress-induced piriformis syndrome. Listen to that, people. If you have something that ails you, it could be your job. Reassess your life. <laughs> exactly. Reassess anytime, your life. Yeah. Anytime I start to feel like that little twinge, I'm like, okay, what doesn't work? Where am I stressed out? What's going on in my life right now that my ass hurts? I get a literal pain in the ass when my life is not right. (laughs) I was like, oh, thanks. (laughs) But it keeps me in check. So then how do you reassess? Like, I mean, in that moment or in those moments where you're like, yeah, something isn't right in my body. You clearly know your body very very well. well. More than probably anybody else probably. So what do you do to kind of find, like figure out what's in balance? Yeah. So the first thing I do is think back to like when that twinge started. Right? So I reflect on like, what were you doing when you started to feel this pain again? And then I start writing lists or just start reflecting on like, where did my life change? What was the added stressor? What does not actually feel good? Um, A little bit of a people pleaser tendency I've got. So it's like, what did I say yes to that I'm not actually into saying yes to? And so I I just gotta sit down with myself and like meditate on it and make those adjustments. Because walking with a limp is, like, not cute unless you're a pimp in New York in the 80s. And, like, that's just not my look. Oh, my gosh. I love you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So how can we, as a community, support you and your endeavors? Like, I know you have, you know, you're a small business owner. You're doing these really cool classes and things that can really help all of us get outside and build our toolkit. Right. Um... And you have this trip coming up eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, what are ways that we can help you um, as you kind of pursue your dream and journey? Yeah, like follow me on Instagram. Okay. Like share, share, share. Like that's just the society that we live in right yeah, now. Like yeah. it's social media driven, sharing people's stories and experiences. Um, 
I do, um, I would love to offset the cost of the sterile pool uh, event. I don't know what the participation cost per person. I'm still waiting to hear back on that from Minneapolis Public Schools, Community okay. Ed. Um, but I would love to just make it really accessible. Okay. Like I know as a single mom, like with the boat, yeah, I'm doing okay. But for the things that I feel passionate about, like, right. you know, like I can cover my egg. Right. But for those extra things that you're kind of interested in, like sometimes like money just doesn't stretch that far. Right. Right. So right. like if you have extra to support community, like donate, you know, yeah. I, I mean, like for what I have, like I'm always helping yep. people with yep. less because like that is just how the world works yep. right like we give like service mm -hmm. is really the key to humanity right um, being of service to others so if you can find it in your hearts to be of service to others to getting outside and exploring nature um either like donating through eventbrite and on my instagram profile there's a link for that to support a seat for a community member um when the uh the paddling course comes out, like there will be a way to donate to offset some of those costs for like through my Venmo and things like that, just so that the schools have what they need yeah. so that we're not taking from like education or anything like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, just paying it forward and helping get people out into nature. Oh, Devin, huh. you're amazing. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. inspiring. I know everybody that listens to this. And if you're out there and you have something to spare, yeah, like pay I know, it forward. Eggs are eight dollars a dozen. Like, I know. I, hear you, I know. Right? But there's people that need yeah. the outdoors, yeah. and you can help get get Absolutely. them there. Absolutely, yeah. and I can help if you want chickens this summer too. <laughs> If you're setting up a chicken coop in North Minneapolis, get at me and I can help you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was a blast. Great. Yeah. We do this for fun. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at wedothisforfun at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We do not judge. We promise. We've been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>